Police One Academy is leading the way in high-quality, affordable training for officers nationwide. Your department can take advantage of more than 1,000 HD videos and 175 full-length courses in a robust learning management system. Training is certified or accepted for training credit in 35 states. Join the industry's most officer-friendly learning platform with more than 60,000 subscribers. To schedule a free demo, go to policeoneacademy.com forward slash policing matters. Hello, and thank you for clicking, and thank you for listening to Policing Matters, the Police One podcast. I'm Doug Wiley. Hi, this is Jim Dudley. Jim, um, in many places across the country, um, not so much California anymore, people who are significantly um, enthusiastic, shall I say, about the Second Amendment, um, I consider myself one of those people, uh, are going about the process of um, demonstrating their right to bear arms by walking around on the streets, going in and out of Starbucks, um, open carry. In many places, open carry is perfectly legal. Um, it's their form of protest. I've written on this matter a couple of times, and I find it interesting that these folks who are generally speaking conservative in view are using what I consider to be liberal tactics, basically doing public protest um, that's highly visible, that's irritating to the opposition, and, and really irritating to the opposition. There's a vast majority of people out there in the United States who have never held a gun, much less fired a gun. And people fear what they don't understand. If they don't understand that a gun is perfectly safe when it's sitting on a person's hip, they, they, they get all antsy. They call the cops. So this then leads to law enforcement contacts with open carry citizens. And there's now you have more than one gun at the scene. You know, there's always one gun in every call, right? Mm-hmm, but now sure. there's two. Right. Um, and, you know, an officer will, you know, size up the individual and take care of the business of trying to figure out what's going on here. Um, but you try and disarm a person who's this enthusiastic about the Second Amendment, and you are playing into their hands. They are out there with the biggest middle finger in the sky mm-hmm. saying, you will not disarm me. Molan Levé, you know. Um, I have it tattooed on my arm. Come and take it. Um, and that's, that's kind of, uh, I think, where we get into a problem because you have law enforcement who's been called to a scene because the kid with the piercings and the tattoos behind the, uh, the counter at Starbucks is all afraid of the guys with the guns sitting there drinking coffee and doing nothing else, sure. right? Not, certainly not breaking any law. Cop has to come to the scene and resolve the situation. And you've got a whole bunch of people who probably don't like each other much, sovereign citizens included, are part of this group. Mm-hmm. And the cop has to come and sort it out. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like like a lot of social problems, the cops get to sort it out. And I think in, in just about every uh, training situation where uh, dangers are taught to be perceived, a gun is the epitome of the the danger and so it's it's a train and a instinct to want to go and uh, address the individual with the gun whether it's open carry or concealed and find out if it's legal find out if it's lawful to have and very few states have open carry with with no conditions at all so i would say in a lot of states uh, as long as the officer can articulate uh, the need to go and inspect the weapon, ask for paperwork and things like that, that they've got a right to. And it's been proven in a couple of court cases recently where um, associated behaviors cause the officer to have um, 
reasonable suspicion to, to think that something might be amiss. Um, there was a, a case in Michigan with an individual going into a church uh, in camel fatigues with a gun strapped to his leg and um, apparently acting suspicious. He was taken on by mm. officers, uh, sued after the fact mm. that his constitutional right, his Second Amendment, was being infringed. And the court, the district court, said no. The officers felt a need to investigate, and they did. And, and I got to tell you, I, I don't think any officer would turn their back on somebody, <clears throat> even open carry, as long as they knew there was a gun there while they were trying to conduct business uh, with a car stop or something else. So yeah. like we talked about in, in assisting law enforcement, make sure you have the affirmative uh, concession from the officer that they know you're there, that you're going to help. And if you're on a car stop and somebody comes up to you and, and they're strapped or they've got a rifle in their hands, you're going to probably want to find out if they're friend or foe. Yeah, right. Exactly. And the, the interesting thing is, with the exception of sovereign citizens who see, you know, who believe that there, there is no dominion over them, that they are their own country, um, that they're, again, with the exception of sheriff's offices, because they're an elected, you know, a law enforcement officer, they, mm -hmm. sovereigns will occasionally nod to the authority of the sheriff's office and the sheriff's deputy, sure. but they don't see the cops as having any authority over them at all. <clears throat> Let's put those people aside. Generally speaking, um, people who are really pro-Second Amendment, pro-Second Amendment enough to want to carry around a gun um, to, to demonstrate their Second Amendment rights, mm -hmm. they're also pretty conservative, um, constitutional con you know, conservatives. And generally speaking, conservatives have a little bit more support for law enforcement. So it's not like they're trying to get into confrontations with law enforcement. They're trying to get into confrontations with the people who oppose their view, with the people who they view as wanting to, as the quote, the gun grabbers of the world. Sure. And so it's interesting. And that's why I say at the opening, it's very fascinating to me that you see a group of people who generally speaking don't go out and protest stuff mm -hmm. um, using a protest tactic that is as in your face as can be in trying to create a conflict or create create that discomfort in the on the side of the opposition. Sure, but you know, on face value, um, say we're sitting in a coffee shop and a guy walks in with a gun strapped on, mm -hmm. and until he buys that coffee, cup of coffee and sits down and starts reading the newspaper, we don't know what his intention is. Right. Um, so situationally, mm -hmm. how they're dressed, how they're looking, where they're going, what they're doing. Um, those things all have to be taken into account. Somebody walking onto a school campus with a M16 strapped to their back, hair on the back of my neck is going to go up a little bit. I'm going to want to find out about that individual. So on face value, you can't really tell the intention. You can't tell if somebody's a Republican or a Democrat or right. mentally ill right. or maybe all three. Um, I'm going to read an, uh, a couple of paragraphs from a great article written by Ron Avery, who's one of our columnists on Police One. This is April 25th, 2011. It's a little while ago, but it's still relevant. I'm just going to read the conclusion and a little side note. The right to self-defense, as well as the right to keep and bear arms, is fundamental and has huge support in this country. Open carry has come about because of the perceived government infringement on those rights. You as a law enforcement officer will be looked upon as part of that infringement and will incur indignation, hostility, and anger expressed as verbal or nonverbal protest. Don't take it personally. They see the government when, they, when you contact them. 
Stay calm, professional, watchful, and respectful. Now, here's the side note. Uh, Ron writes, a side note to the citizen carrying openly, which is, I think, really good information that open carry citizens should all read this paragraph. You should expect to be contacted by law enforcement. You should expect to be feared by some and considered to be a person of interest to many. Understand that by wearing a weapon in the open, you raise the perceived threat level in the eyes of the law enforcement officer and other citizens. Friendly behavior goes a long way. People key on behavior rather than the weapon. Most folks respond well to a smile, polite behavior, or a warm hello rather than a cold stare. I recommend that approach. You will be surprised how many people respond in a positive manner when you do that. Actually, this holds true on both sides of an open carry discussion, contact or encounter. Um, Ron writes really well. It's, I didn't want to try and recreate the wheel there. The point being, um, you know, on both sides of the occasion, the cops are going to get called. You know, you're just going to have to expect the fact that these people, some of them, aren't going to like you very much. And they're certainly not going to respond well to being disarmed. Sure. Um, you know, for the purposes of an inspection or what have you. Um, on the other side, the open carry advocates, it's their, I would say, responsibility. You know, with great you know, uh, power comes great responsibility, according to Spider-Man, right? Um, <clears throat> it, it's a responsibility to behave in a way that's civil that won't get you into a beef, right? Sure. So it's, I think that if you're going to go out and do something that is going to draw the attention of people who fear you and the people who are you know, sworn to enforce the law, um, they're going to get called. So it's, it's a, good, a good idea for you to be the friendly one and not the... The guy who says, no, come and take it. You'll never get mine. That kind of thing. Yeah. That's not going to end well for anybody. From my cold, cold dead, dead hands. hands. Exactly. Yeah. yeah it, I mean, every every officer's got to go by their, their state laws, their county laws. Um, conceal weapons permits. I think all 50 states have them to some degree. In San Francisco County, we're city and county. I think last time I checked, there were 11 out of a population of over 800,000 people there were 11 concealed weapons permits given mostly to judges or retired FBI agents like that. But um, open carry or concealed, you have no idea um, by watching somebody walk through a door if, again, if they're mentally ill, what their background is, if they're proficient in that weapon mm -hmm. use, if the weapon's even loaded. In some, in some states, uh, open carry has a provision that the gun is not loaded and why you would want to carry an empty gun, I have no idea, but apparently some people like it. Yeah, I mean, I think, and that was the case in California. That law has been recently changed, of course, but, you know, I, I always see these guys with empty magwells and go, you're just the person that says, shoot me first to the bad guy. Yeah. You know, like it's, <laughs> it's they, like the dumbest. They have one in the pipe. <laughs> it, right. Okay. Well, that, that buys you about a second, you know, like to, to reload. So, I mean, if unless you're really, really good at a reload, um, you know, that's that's you're gonna get you're gonna start taking fire. It just just seems yeah. rather goofy to me. I've never really supported this open carry uh, um, movement, but it is it's something we have to think about. Sure. Um, and my hope is that we have an audience on this podcast that is, in addition to law enforcement, that we have also some of these open carry folks come to the table here and listen, and 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 understand that the cops are going to come in contact mm -hmm. with you. Yeah. And it, it's incumbent upon you. To, um, to, to behave in a manner that doesn't get you into further problems. Because if open carry is legal and you're not doing anything illegal, then you're going to be sent along on your merry way. Sure. You know, just a quick conversation and, and the, the episode is over. You might be asked to leave Starbucks because you're causing a disturbance. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But so what? 
You know? Yeah. No, and I, I don't get me wrong. I think it, it can work if there are rules and provisions and give uh, police authority to, to check when they feel a need to. Um, I know recently there have been arguments about um, uh, retired uh, police being able to have concealed weapons in uh, areas of the public and even in um, sporting events and venues where um, it's a policy of, of a, a team or a sport to say no. And uh, I, th I think it was a sheriff of a county who was refused entry uh, with a concealed weapon and had to go put his gun away, and he was on duty. So I think uh, when, when they make these gun laws, when they make ammunition and magazine capacity laws, I think if you're a, a good in good standing retired law enforcement, uh, you should be seen in, in the eyes of those laws as being um, regular. Uh, you've been trained, you have to go show proficiency at least uh, once or twice a year to keep your concealed weapon permit. So um, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying uh, let's do away with all the guns. I, I think if done right, um, we can make uh, a lot of people happy. Yeah, I'll end with this. The name of that Ron Avery article is Eight Tips on Contacts with Open Carry Citizens. And I do strongly recommend um, whichever side of this issue you're on, check out that article. It's a, it's a fine one and uh, other resources here on Police One.